Welcome to Hot Laps, brought to you by Heat Shield Products. Race testing. Okay, welcome, welcome to Hot Laps. Sorry. I'm Shane. Steve. And I'm Chris. Don't sound so excited. Okay. <laughs> All right, so last time we talked about the early days of the company. We also talked about uh, kind of the new start with Steve and how he ramped it all up, and it is what it is today because of him. Uh, you know, and No, no, no. That's... Okay. It, it is because of the, Prop, the Gramps. foundation, Grandpa, and my dad laid. It's not this is all true. me. Yeah. But you got to give yourself some credit. I did give myself some credit, but they're they're equal equal parts there. It wouldn't exist if it weren't for them. So. Okay. All right. So we talked about honesty policy, why in the U.S. But now I I mean, with number two, I think we probably should talk about why do we even have the need for a heat shield? I mean, we talk about uh, customer questions, and we'll get to a couple of those, but like a heat shield kind of 101 uh, and why you need a heat shield. So can you talk to us a little about conductive heat, convective heat, radiant heat, just quickly. Yeah, uh, okay, so conductive heat is when you have one hot surface transmitting heat to another surface that's directly, directly contacting it. Radiant heat, it can also be called uh, infrared heat sometimes. I mean, it's they're, they're kind of all under the same category is when you have a situation where you have a hot object and it's generating heat outward and then it's uh, generating in such a significant way that there's either a not enough airflow or airspace or breathability of the air and that in turn uh, heats up component number two. Uh, that's kind of the simplest way to explain it, I think. Yeah, I mean, and so when we make applications, what do you see the most of? Is a radiant heat or? Yeah, uh, automotively speaking, yeah. it's radiant heat, absolutely. Okay. And, and even a lot of the industrial and, and heavy-duty stuff is, is radiant heat. Conductive heat is kind of difficult to manage. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just... You're, you're always better if you can do it. So this is always a strategy if you're planning it, is to stop heat at the source, which would mean turbo heat shield, header heat shield, exhaust heat shield, or an exhaust wrap. A lot of people don't want to wrap, so that's why we do the radiant barriers. And there's just some applications where you just can't, so then you have to use a, a radiant heat shield, like solar applications for fuel tanks, uh, fuel towers, all, all those things. Um, you have to use a solar heat shield because there's, you know, you can't stop heat at the source because if you did, then we'd all be in an we, ice age. We, yeah, yeah. We'd be yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. So heat shields that we sell, you touched on automotive. Do you mm -hmm. want to touch on anything else? Yeah, I mean, we do a lot. We obviously were born in the automotive, actually automotive and industrial. Turbo City did a lot of heavy-duty truck type turbo heat shield so uh when my grandpa f was was pre-heat shield days that's where it was a lot of area of expertise uh was industrial insulation or i'm sorry heavy duty insulation so we've since evolved um i think the first call we got for an industrial heat shield was to insulate these oven doors and you know there really wasn't a good or clever solution to it so we 
kind of adapted a race car product for an industrial oven and it and it worked out great and then it just kind of it's grown from there and, it, and it's neat having those different marketplaces because you can take your knowledge from like a heavy duty thing and maybe help out a racer or take a racing and that's usually where it goes it usually goes from racing to other sectors but once in a while it, it goes the other way like the the stealth shield that's uh, a welding you know an industrial mm-hmm. product and turn that into an interior heat shield so automotive motorcycle done some marine heavy duty heavy duty um military we do we've done some military stuff before currently working on some things for some um firearm applications one's a dod contractor one just kind of a regular you know you'd be able to buy it on their website or whatever cool uh can you just briefly touch on what heat shields are made of because i think people just think of they i got a heat shield and it's all fiberglass and it's itchy and it's not going to be fun well they run the gamut so there's you know fiberglass used to be in this the staple for probably 15 or so years now i'd say we do more basalt and silica than we do in fiberglass although we still do fiberglass um, maybe it's not that the fiberglass level has dropped so much it's just that the other materials we use have grown that much mm-hmm. Uh, but there, I mean, there's all kinds of things. There's, I mean, there's stuff that we don't make that you can use for a heat shield. Uh, you can use aluminum foil can be in heat shield. I think we went over that briefly before. Um, but everything we do is safe. One of the things you have to be careful about, and I know a lot of people are always looking to save a dollar. That's why if you, if we can help you save a dollar, we'll do it. Just don't buy that crap on eBay. It's horrible. There's no regulation on those fibers and stuff when they come in from overseas, China in particular. Mm-hmm. They're notorious for putting, you know, they might say it's a ceramic exhaust wrap, and while it might be a ceramic fiber, there's different grades of ceramic fiber. The problem with some ceramic fibers is they're real short. They can get in your lungs. So you just got to be real, real careful with stuff like that. You know, we, we, everything we do is safe safe to work around it might make you itch but it's not gonna get in your lungs and and cause your respiratory issues so just don't go so cheap that you end up it'll cost you a lot more in the long run you know so buyer beware exactly make sure it has the heat shield seal of approval yep uh basalt can you touch on basalt real quick because i get a lot of questions on what is basalt and then people really start to trip out when you tell them exactly what it is yeah it's the Russians were the original ones um, who, who experimented with basalt. They were looking for a solution to, you know, America's like Kevlar and, and, and Nomax, mostly Kevlar. And they were looking for a ballistic fiber. Um, basalt is nowhere near as good as Kevlar when it comes to ballistic capacity, but it's way better thermally. It takes way, you know, way higher temperatures. So uh, that, that's kind of where it was born. And, you know, the Russians did it like late 70s, early 80s. And then the, the, it just kind of died. The fad was kind of over. Mm-hmm. And then um, probably about 10 years ago, it's, it started to become popular in the textile business. And as, you know, more and more people 
started to make basalt fiber so you could turn it into things like a cloth or a, or a wrap or that type of thing then it then it started to become you know more widely used the nice thing about basalt versus a fiberglass takes a little bit higher temperature not much i know there's guys out there saying it takes 1800 degrees but if if it's truly made of volcanic rock like it is it's a mineral go ahead and google what temperature is is magma or lava molten at and it's at 1800 degrees to 2200 degrees so when somebody tells you their lava product takes 1800 degrees i'd be real real careful of it you know we advertise ours as 1200 which is accurate that's the temperature you can take before it starts to change chemically um it the nice thing about basalt though is it's it's stronger about 25 percent stronger so think of it as like between between a fiberglass hood and a carbon fiber hood, right? It's in between there strength-wise, but it, it's a little more rugged, and, and it's in between there cost-wise. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not as expensive as if you were going to, you know, buy something made of carbon fiber, but it's stronger and a little more expensive than something made of fiberglass. Cool. Great answer on that. Uh, and that, I think that's going to answer a lot of questions. Shane, jump in here on this one if you'd like. Mm -hmm. um, Shane does a lot of our installs, and I think people... Pattern look, making. He's he, the king. Yeah. He, he, I think people look at what we do, and they don't know where to start. Um, they feel like, you know, this is something I can't do. Uh, but, you know, when you're talking about heat shield insulation, um, what is the insulation like, and, you know, how likely is somebody to be able to just do it for themselves? Oh, if I can do it, you can do it. Um, I usually just start with a pattern yep. and just kind of go from there. Um, but there's a little bit of trial and error, but you know, that's why you have your pattern, so you can you know, figure that out at that point. Okay. But, you know, that applies mainly to like our, our armor products. Um, sticky shields too, sticky right? Sticky shield, yeah, yeah, sticky shield. Uh, it's a lot cheaper to waste poster board or like butcher paper. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what we use usually is like a poster board or, or like if it's a small uh, thing. Um, cardstock is a good thing too and then you know we just did a video on lava boots there's been a couple videos i mean the ease of putting that on and off i mean is that oh yeah that that's 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 a five minute job easy it's as easy as it looks when you do it yeah. on the video unless your plugs are buried yeah in it's your, in your engine bay yeah it's it's <laughs> easier than changing spark plugs right so yeah if you've got one or two spark plugs that are a total pita uh -huh. then it's going to be a little more difficult to get the boot on there yeah. But but the mission critical thing on there is the ring. We there's companies that there's different grades of boots. The original one, which is ours, actually the original one was Sesame Tech way 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 back in the day, but they have since bowed out of the automotive business. Has a metal ring in there and the reason the metal ring is there is to lock the boot between the I'm sorry, lock lock the spark plug heat shield. In between the cylinder head and the tip of the boot that way it doesn't go walking up the i hate these guys you see well you know it doesn't look pretty because it doesn't have that nice finished edge up on the top well the problem is is when you put put that ring on the other side of the boot vibration and stuff it's just going to walk up and your spark plug boot is exposed you've got to have it in there so it stays secured you know we try to accommodate looks as much as possible but we're always a performance first company. That's what we want to do. We always want to protect and perform first. And I think that's what everybody would 
be prefer yeah, yeah. performance overlooks. Yeah. So again, I mean, I think the bottom line is, if Shane can do it, anybody can do it. I'm not sure that that's the case, but I mean, mm. all of our videos are up on YouTube. All of them are, you know, pretty piece of cake if you ask me. I mean, if you're working on something that needs to be covered, I think that's pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. smart. I mean, is there anything like you're working with the armor that are some don't do's? Uh, when it comes don't to don't use a dull utility blade if you're going to cut it with a straight edge. You'll okay. you'll you'll chew it all up. Um, same thing with scissors. If you're going to cut it with scissors, you want to use some nice sharp scissors, some some good ones. And I think you know we talked about exhaust wrap versus armor. We talked about that last time, but I think people get an idea that with an exhaust wrap you're completely covering it. Is that the same case with our heat shield armor? Should um, you completely cover the pipe? No, no. You want a you want a, some type of air gap so that it can breathe. Depends on the application. Yeah. Okay. O on a car or motorcycle, yeah. gap absolutely. Yeah. Just because it works so much better than an exhaust wrap, you want that pipe to breathe. Heavy duty truck, marine application, yeah. industrial. Industrial, yeah. No, they, no gap. They use they use a thicker wall of steel, so the metal can take it. And in most of those applications, they're looking to trap as as much heat as yeah. you can not that you're not in a car because you absolutely are but you have to consider the 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 exhaust component that you're putting it on it's got to be able to take that extra retained heat in the system yeah so that's why it's important that's that's why like on an exhaust wrap on a car or a motorcycle just do the quarter inch overlap don't go 50 50 same thing you gotta let it breathe you gotta let the pipe breathe that's that's a common mistake is people over insulating stuff and that's why they they get problems. Yeah. So moral of the story is kind of read the instructions because they've been agonized just over and over about, you know, what to do and changes that we've made and, you know, versions here and yeah, there. Yeah, trying to simplify them. You know, like I had a great, great comment from somebody on YouTube about one of the instruction sheets on the armor. So we've actually since made a change to that to kind of make it a little clearer because... It's hard here because we all speak heat shield to a certain extent, right. yeah. and it's hard to. It's always good to get a fresh set of eyes and have someone be kind of critical, or or at least give you, a, hey, you know, could you do this, or hey, could you do that, and and that really helps yeah. us. Yeah, we like suggestions. Yeah, and one of the things I will say is the skill Shane has, especially when it comes to doing installs, patience. He's an extremely patient person, <laughs> and that definitely makes a, a difference when you're doing an install. That's why his always look perfect. I think this one kind of... That's why we let him do the installs, because I'm, I'm a bull in a china shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah, check out YouTube for those videos. I mean, there's a ton of them on there. We try to put content on at, you know, at least once, uh, if not twice, a week uh, to give you guys an idea of, uh, you know, what we do and how simple that is. And we do them on... I think we post the same video, basically, on Instagram and Facebook. Absolutely. It's time to answer those burning questions. It's tech time here on Hot Laps. Tech question, tech time. Tech time, yeah, rock a few questions here. Um, we briefly discussed uh, testing, uh, but one of the questions that actually came in recently after uh, we did the first version was, do you folks have real world testing on track days. You already talked about the burning up of the of the turbo shield, but 
what what can you expand on that? Real world testing. So I think what this particular individual might have been asking for was hard numbers. Yeah. Which uh, there's certain applications where we we can do that. There's certain times when we can't do that. Um, usually, when people are racing, there is no time to collect that data. So that's why, like the turbo heat shield, the first time, the first one, and it failing and that kind of thing. That was great because that was just a test day. That was just Falcon out there just pissing away a bunch of money on tires, you know. But they're they're collecting data too, so we were able to collect data that day. Uh, everything is race proven now. Documenting data that's extremely difficult to do because a lot of these racers are looking for what they consider their critical data, which is right because they're trying to win a race, not document for heat shield products. That's why we got to build our own car, um, is so we can we can record that data. But you know they're focused on tire pressure, tire performance, fuel mileage, you know shock tuning. Um, those types of things, they're a little less interested in recording the, the, the thermal data. But again, that's why we've got, got one test vehicle, hopefully picking that up today and then, you know, building the other one so we can actually get those hard numbers for you. But as far as track testing, task, track proven, absolutely, you know, since day one, we've always put stuff and, and out here, um, since the early days, really the only kind of consistent racing out here, because they've closed down all the drag race tracks, is has been off-road racing. But like I said before, off-road racing is probably environment number one to test everything. Environment number two, as far as extreme heat goes, would be drifting, because they run the car like it's going 200 miles an hour, but it's going 30, so you get the extreme heat without the airflow. Um, so as long as you can manage in those two applications, you're totally fine. Sweet. Uh, I'm looking for a product to wrap my air intake. I'm getting confused. What will be the best product uh, to reduce the temperatures uh, by shielding heat in the engine bay? Yeah, this is one that is, it haunts me. Uh, there's another company out there that's very good at marketing, but not so great at insulation. And they were encouraging people to use their their version of a lava wrap on the intake. And that's the absolute wrong thing to use. You do not put any kind of exhaust wrap on an intake. It's gonna end up trapping heat in there. Mm -hmm. It's it's not gonna shield, it's gonna, let's it's, put it. Let's, it's, it's great if you wanna raise your intake. Yeah, intake. that's it. And that's yeah. that's what it does. If you're looking to lower efficiency. Yeah, if you're looking to lower it, to now you, you need to have something reflective, you know. Again, same thing, you could use tin foil if you had to. I mean, if you're on a budget, but you, you need it in a pinch, dude, use aluminum foil. Mm -hmm. But something, um, the Thermoflex cloth or the Thermoflex sleeve, that's the number one choice. I know it's not pretty, it's not the gold, but as far as reflectivity goes, there's nothing better than it, you know. Uh, real gold might be better reflectivity-wise, but no one except for maybe the military has the budget to go in yeah. and i doubt the military would do that to their to their intakes real gold is is very very reflective it's actually uh better than aluminum but again who you know who's got the budget for it? No, number the cold gold shield that's another one but if it were me i always go performance and and capability over looks and i would definitely and i like the way the thermoflex cloth looks and the thermoflex sleeve it's got a high mirror finish 
Um, you know, if you need to get some cheaper grade of cloth because your budget doesn't allow it, then like the heat shield mat or something that looks like the heat shield mat that one of the other guys makes, I that that would work as well. Sticky shield usually around the ear boxes. That's a flat. Sticky shield is great. It can bend. It's actually the best reflective heat shield we have. It just doesn't like going around tubes like that a lot. It wants to fight itself flat. Go back more to its natural state. It can bend and go around a corner like that, but it's it's really better for panels or gentle curves. But the Thermoflex cloth, in fact, Shane just did a bitch in uh, NASCAR air cleaner with a Thermoflex cloth that you'll see at SEMA and PRI, and it, it, looks, it looks awesome. Cool. All right, so just to kind of circle back on that, th Thermoflex sleeve to cover the pipe. Yeah, the tube or whatever, yeah. But when you're talking about air boxes and stuff, you're also looking at a radiant heat shield as well. Sure. You don't yeah. want to, yeah. you're not trying to insulate yeah. that. You're trying to. Uh, you know, a, yeah. a lot of times, it was funny, I was we were, I was having this conversation with uh, Gail Banks, and we were both had come to the same conclusion. If you shield a factory intake, in a lot of cases, it'll outperform an aftermarket quote-unquote cold air intake because a lot of these cold air intakes all they do is they pick up from the engine bay and they don't grab it from the stock location that's one thing um oems do very well because they're looking for fuel mileage and emissions so getting as cold of a charge as possible and well what's the cheapest way for them to do that without using a bunch of exotic materials is to pull in cold air from the front of the car so a lot of times, um, if you're looking for a cold air intake, if you're if you're trying to consider that, make sure it's picking up from the stock location, not not picking up out of your engine bay and pulling in hot air, because flowing more hot air does nothing for you. You know, and in a lot of cases, you'd be much better off just shielding the factory intake and and not spending a bunch of money on something to flow more hot air, because it'll just rob you of performance. So we're talking about engine, or we're talking about radiant temperatures in our engine bay, but we get questions about, do we make a product that reduces our engine operating temperatures? No, that's, uh, that's strictly part of the cooling system. Well, we have the race cool, mm -hmm. and uh, um, coming out with a new version of that, that, that could reduce engine temperatures, but that, that's... Uh, you know, that's radiator, water pump, better cooling fan, that type of thing. Uh, kind of a caveat to that, a lot of people say, well, God, if I wrap my headers like with that armor, like on a, like you see like on a small block Chevy on that header armor kit, you know, oh, it's just going to push heat into the engine. That's it's not what it's there to do. It's there to be push the heat through the exhaust system. It doesn't push it back into the motor. If, if, if you're pushing heat and gases back into the motor... You got a bigger problem than putting a putting a header armor kit on your on your header because that it, it just doesn't work that way, you know. Cool. Uh, what do we got? One or two more? Let's do one more. All right, cool. Uh, so people always call. They got kind of an off-size request for heat shields uh, that we don't physically offer, or you can see on the website. Um, what can they do to get something that they need to fit? And I want you to talk about kind of the Velcro closure. Mm. Is bigger better when you're looking at that kind of stuff? And then also touch on the hot rod sleeve and the expansion that we see in the... Yeah, that's one I think we need to do a, like a like a quick product oh, cool. demo video on. Like oh, the... shrink the hot rod sleeve, like yeah. shrinking it. 
Yeah, like, like Chinese it. Yeah, I, finger hand cuts. I, I think you did one for a brake line, but maybe yeah. we had to try to get like one of those yeah. AM fuel lines we have and do that. Yeah, um, so bigger or better, it just depends on how far off you are okay. from the size you want. Um, any of the Velcro sleeves have an adjustment. That's the great thing about the Velcro. Now, the nominal ID is the Velcro is shielded. That's the ideal way, right? You know, the the we have a flap that protects the Velcro from heat. So that's like if it's a three quarter inch ID, because this is a common one. I get a dash. Get this one a lot. I've, hey, I've got a dash six and fuel line. What size sleeve do I need? The problem is, is there's a general guide for AN. AN is all done on the inside diameter. It's something that I don't think people realize. It's in the actually, I think it's actually the fittings really oh, yeah. is, is what it comes down to. So some manufacturers, they vary the outside. Like, are they, do they really beef the thing up? You know, um, the net outside diameter of that one is bigger than a dash six AN from another manufacturer. Doesn't mean that it's necessarily better or stronger. It just means you know they make them differently. So the cheater way to do it, if you want to find uh, what what size line you need, you grab an open end wrench. You know, it's it's a lot easier to do the math on a caliper. Just go grab a three quarter inch or a half inch or you know fourteen millimeter, whatever you got. Slide it over. Use use a standard though, because we do everything in standard. Because we don't. We're not Jimmy Carter guys here. We, we think America, everybody should be on the standard system, not metric system. Thanks to Jimmy Carter, that all changed. Um, so, you know, hey, AN fuel line. So a lot of, it's just a click or two over a half inch. Most, most manufacturers on an AN, the outside diameter is just a click or two over the half inch. Well, I'd get the half inch if I'm doing the Velcro. If I was going to do the hot rod sleeve where it expands and contracts, I'd go bigger. Because I want to be able to get it over the fittings. If it if it's if the fuel line's already assembled, I, I'd go a little bit bigger. Is what I do is maybe cut the sleeve actually about a half inch shorter than it needs to be. So once you compress the sleeve, so that increases the diameter. Compress the length of the sleeve, increase the diameter. Pop it up over the fitting. Then I would stretch it out, and that would shrink the diameter. And then you use the heat shrinks on the end. That that's the real trick to all this stuff. It doesn't necessarily matter for performance-wise if the sleeve is super tight on the line or the hose, but getting those ends nice and tight so no heat is going in back there. Because a lot of times if you have it real sloppy and you got a big, big gap on the end of the sleeve, heat can actually work its way in there and you'll be worse off than if you didn't have it in there because you got it's just holding the heat. So that way when you park your car... And the air quits flowing, you still got this hot line, say like on a fuel line. Well, that's where you're going to get vapor lock. So it's it's critical to kind of make sure that end is snug. Ways to do that, we keep, we sh heat shrink in with the hot rod kits, electrical tape, zip ties, stainless steel locking ties. I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can just snug it up. With the Velcro, a lot of times you can you can just snug it up and kind of, you know. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that. Overcompensate. I'm glad you so. touched on that because I... I do think, you know, a lot of people just put it on and, you know, they're basically creating an oven. Yeah, in some cases, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Some cases it helps, but there are times when it just it just camps out in there and you're done, you know. And and uh, It's kind of like Kurt's in the bathroom. Yeah. It just camps. <laughs> hey, Zach. I'm sure he'll be listening when these hit. Yeah. 
that's all we got. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it. That's I it mean, for I, episode I got, two. Yeah. Uh, please subscribe, like, send us comments, leave us comments. If you're on YouTube, leave them down below. If you're listening on a podcast, shoot us an email, tech at heatshieldproducts.com. Send us your tech questions. It could be about your oven at home. could be about your, you know, tractor trailer. Um, your Tacoma. Your, your barbecue. Your you barbecue, know? yeah. You we'll know. have to do we'll have to do one of those and maybe have some barbecue. Yeah, there. yeah. Bring bring the smoker in and get some get some business done. Oh, yeah. The the other thing is we absolutely answer all direct messages on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and so you and can, YouTube, we reply to YouTube. comments and questions there. We get a lot of haters, so you we always try to give the haters one or two chances to reply. And if you're just going to continue to hate, we'll just block you. That's just how it goes. Yeah. You know, if, if you can't be objective about it, we try to be objective. Like I said, there was a great comment from somebody called us out on something on the instruction sheet. And that was very helpful. That was a helpful, helpful comment and stuff like that. But long and short of it is subscribe, like, sign up for notica- notifications so when there's a new episode. That's it. Right? All right. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a bitchin' week. See ya. See ya. From everyone at Heat Shield Products, we thank you for listening to Hot Laps. Leave that review. Subscribe tell a friend and most of all stay cool we'll see you next time right here on hot laps